Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am 24. This is my podcast, 24's podcast. Coming back. Coming back really on a late, late, late Saturday. Whew. A lot of sports going on here in the next couple of hours. Potentially continuing on. Nah, the NBA is uh, is probably done for the night. It's it's eleven o'clock. Let me peep the scores. Big game that happened tonight. Seventy Sixers. Oh, it's going in. Oh, it's it's in the final quarter. There's like eight sec, five five seconds left. Six seconds left. Six seconds left. One twenty seven. One thirty one. Milwaukee versus Philadelphia. What's his name? Gray Allen. Whatever his name is. Grayson Allen? Grayson Allen, I think that's what his name is. Popped off in the third quarter. And then it looks like Philadelphia just went on a tear. It looks like it just a heavyweight slugfest. And I missed it because I was watching the fucking combine. I was watching the, the combine because I, I didn't watch it uh, today. <clears throat> so I was like, let me go back and let me watch it. I did have it recorded. I did, of course, recorded it. So... There it is. But it looks like Milwaukee's going down tonight. 132-127, potentially. 133, potentially. They should just let it go. Yeah, five seconds left, but they're going to try. They're going to try. Milwaukee scored like 40 points in the third quarter, and then they scored 28 in the fourth. And then Philadelphia just went on a tear. They went 32 in the third, and then 47 in the fourth. And they scored almost 50 points in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's insane. Wow, 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 wow. Damn, I wish I would have got that game. Wish I saw it. That's all right. Unpause my music. I'm going to talk about a little bit of uh, of football. I'll save some stuff for Monday just because, like, uh, I kind of want to talk about the draft and the NFL and things of that nature. This was really supposed to be Thursday's podcast. Unfortunately, the NFL scheduled the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, and the tight ends uh, for today, not tonight. I don't I, Pause it. I don't know what the NFL is doing. Can I be honest with you? I don't know what they've been doing for the last year and a half. I really don't. It just seems like they've made mistake after mistake when it comes to just content and producing content. And we kind of have gotten to this spot where even the combine that was like kind of untouchable for me has kind of been like, oh, wow, it's kind of a snooze fest, you know? Unpause my music. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. As well as um, maybe a little bit of Formula One, Bahrain qualifications or not qualifications, Jesus Christ. Qualifications? Qualifying. God, it's like I haven't watched a single race, and I've watched, like, I mean, over half of last season, and that was my first season, and that's not a lot at all, but I feel feel like I definitely am way more informed about the sport now after watching a good portion of it last year. I mean, eh, I'm being a little bit bit hard on myself. I watched a lot of last season, actually, Uh, whether live or just straight up recorded it and then watched it post. But or watching highlights or whatever, I watched a lot of highlights last year, and I know that it doesn't equate to obviously when uh, watching a full-on race. But you know, you can learn a lot from watching the sport in general. So James Harden is going to give his shoes 
good kid it looks like that's sitting front row courtside this is cool james harden's giving away his his shoes that he uh that he wore during philadelphia versus milwaukee here which is actually pretty cool hold on um anyways sorry sorry anyways we'll talk about really the draft not the draft but formula one nope it's late i'm tired we'll talk about the nfl we'll talk about the combine and some other things very very quickly ladies and gentlemen right here 24's podcast Hold on. Hold on. I'm I'm still watching the uh the kid get the the kicks from James. Hold on. Somebody is saying flip his sign over for some weird reason. I don't know. Again, I didn't watch a look of the game unfortunately just because of uh just because that's that's how it went down, unfortunately. Also, UFC is two eighty five is going on here tonight. I'm trying to see what's going on. Who won? Who won? I like you, you want to know the problem. Oh, Con- Conor McGregor is there. Hold on, let me play you a little bit of this. Excited to be. Sorry about that, but here he is, fully shaved. Bearded, non-bearded Conor McGregor, McGregor here. here. Here it is. Oh, it's amazing to be back here. I love, I love fighting so much. I'm super excited to be here, and I'm super eager to get back in myself. It's great to be back here and feel the energy of Las Vegas. And I'm coming soon, baby. Yeah. Jones are gone. I'd like to see Jones fulfill the, his destiny of the heavyweight and be successful. It's a tough, it's a tough fight. I wish both men well. I, I'd like to see Jones do it. I like Gan also though. So. I'm neutral. Sorry about that. Conor McGregor is there. You want to know the problem with fights trending on Twitter or the trending tab of fights? Literally, none of it is reactions. It's all or or takes or whatever. It's all people trying to fucking promote their fucking pirated streams, which and oh my god. I'm watching Cody Garbrandt just fucking take down this guy. What's his name? Jones? It's not John Jones. Cody Garbrandt is like a lightweight, flyweight, something like that. I don't. I, he's like 135, something like that. And I just saw Cody Garbrandt just like slip a uh, slip a fucking hook and then go for the fucking takedown after ha- trying to try to hit him with a body shot with a with a kick. Jesus Christ. Oh my god. And it's like a tackle too. He just fucking manhandles him. Oh my god. And then Cody Garbrandt. I didn't know he um I didn't know Cody Garbrandt had like a huge back tattoo as well. And he's limping too, and that's not good. But I mean a lot of fighters, a lot of UFC guys, they limp after they uh sometimes after they fight just because it's like all the kicks. 
Was he getting sturdy in the ring? Hold on, listen to this. I think Cody Garbrandt was getting a little bit sturdy in the fucking octagon. Let me look. Hold on. Here's a little bit. Kind of. He was kind of getting a little bit sturdy. Oh, yeah, he was. He was getting sturdy. He was getting sturdy in the octagon. Oh, my goodness. Jesus Christ. Ugh. Sometimes me watching uh, some of this stuff makes me sad that I'm not watching um, watching like highlights on YouTube or not on YouTube, but on Twitter makes me sometimes regret not watching uh, the fights because I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could. I wish I could. Uh, I wish I could fucking watch some of these fights. Here's like Connor sh shouting something. They got a lot of Connor. Does, is Connor going to go back to... I, I don't think he should. I don't know if he should. I don't think he should. I mean, apparently he has... Is what? I think he has something degenerative in one of his ankles, which is why he broke his ankle in the Daniel Poirier fight a couple of years ago, and he's just been doing some bad stuff, I'll say that. I, it's, it kind of sucks to see Connor McGregor in a lot of ways, just because it's like, I'm, I was a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of the fighter. I like some of the stuff that he does off or out of the octagon, but man, like some of the shit that he does, like punching people and beating up on people and assaulting people as a fighter is just, uh, man, it's just so disappointing for, uh, to see it happen like over and over and over again. And it's not just like a one-off event. It's just, it happens like once every couple of years. And I'm like, dude, I can't support a fighter fighting people that are obviously incapable of just fighting back. Or not fighting back, excuse me, but are like incapable of matching that type of discipline, technique, violence, and intensity. And even though he wasn't like, octagon conor mcgregor i'm about to you know fuck somebody up it was you know it was on the streets conor mcgregor so he wasn't as intense but still you know, it's, it's fucking conor mcgregor i don't want to fucking have to take a shot from him especially a left uh, a fucking left jab from from uh from the southpaw here but um yeah I, I love the fighter love the personality god man i just wish he wasn't such a jackass at some times in his career let me unplug my computer really, really fast. Hold on. Here's a little bit. Sorry about that. Here's a little bit of uh, of whatever this is. I don't know. They, they, man, they got Connor on so much shit. Here it is. Let your right hand go. Yes. Let your right hand go. Your right hand to the head. Right hand to the body. Keep that knee from you stepping in the middle. There you go. And again, make them meaningful. Yes, beautiful. beautiful! Beautiful! So, there's a little bit of it. Ugh, gosh. Also just watching some other reactions, I apologize. <clears throat> also, I saw... I didn't realize Paul Walker had a documentary on him. It's on Paramount+. Plus. And... Ah oh, man, 
it was so fucking gut-wrenching to see how awesome of a person Paul Walker was. I didn't, re- I knew he was, a, you know, just by the reaction of everybody around him, I knew he was a great person, but just to, like, hear how, like, unique of a person he was, somebody who was, like, essentially the typical Hollywood star, but was also, like, a recluse and also kind of just, you know, just a normal guy, but he was apparent. he was, like, a, like a, a hippie, you know? He was a hippie, but he was so into cars and he was so into racing and... I think he even made um, a racing company or it was or he sponsored a racing company. I don't really know what he did, but like he was kind he was into like circuit track racing, not drag racing where for the most part, I guess. I, I don't know that much about drag racing, but it's like it's a it's a lot about performance. It really is a lot about performance. And. Paul Walker was. I mean, he went to a lot of circuits, circuits being these tracks all throughout, you know, the United States and specifically, I think, California, where he lived and stuff like that. He went around and he drove like like cars around these circuits in an effort to to like uh, because he liked racing, not necessarily to get better at racing for Fast and Furious, but because he actually liked racing so much. And you saw it a lot in Fast and Furious. Like, he did a lot of his own stunts. He did a lot of the racing. Like, when <clears throat> when you see him, his character, driving a car, it doesn't, like, cut away to, like, somebody not in the car or whatever. It's like when he pulls up in the car, when he slows down, he's in the car. Because he just, I mean, he he drove. He drove circuits, man. It was awesome to see. It was sad. Sad to see just how awesome of a person he is. And, um... And to see how much he affected people's lives. And oh my god, it was so sad. Also, I saw clips of the Creed, of the first Creed movie. And I was like, I gotta watch Creed again. In anticipation of the uh, the third movie, which sounds like it's gonna be one of the best movies of the year. We'll, um, we'll see what happens. <clears throat> but um, what else? What else has gone on? Oh yeah, I ran fucking... For the first time all year. First fucking time. It was. It was fucking tough. So fucking. Four miles. At God knows how fast. I didn't really keep track. Of how fast I was running. I knew I had time to kill. So I was just like. You know what. Let me just. um, Let me just fucking go out there. And fucking watch The Last of Us. As well, I did. I still didn't see the new Last of Us episode, and I remember Casey Neistat talking about how he had gone out, or he watched Game of Thrones on his iPad when it was out, uh, back when Game of Thrones was still on, and it was good. And so he talked about how he's like, I'm gonna go to the gym and run and watch Game of Thrones, and I was like, oh, that's that's pretty smart. So I brought my iPad in with me with the gym. I gotta say something. Something weird happened to me. It was yesterday. It was yesterday. What was I training? I was training chest. Who the fuck smokes before, after, or during they go to the gym? Because I go to the gym. First time this has ever happened to me in my entire life. And I've been working out on and off for about eight years now. I have never smelled somebody's smell of cigarettes or just smoke like musty. Like, like they've just smoked or whatever. I've never smelled somebody smell like that before in my entire life. And it's just like, 
that's like the worst place to do that. It's not just like the worst place to smell musty because everybody, everybody's like, everybody's working out and training, but it's like the worst place to fucking smoke cigarettes before or after. And it's just like, it was fucking fresh. I couldn't fucking tell and where it was coming from. And I worked out yesterday and then I came back today and I'm like, I can't smell anything. Couldn't smell it. Couldn't find it. And I was just like, dude, like, what the fuck? What is going on? That really irked me. And like it takes you out of your mindset because you always you always have to get into like a dangerous mindset whenever you have to lift like hundreds of pounds or thousands of pounds or whatever. I'm not saying in not in one not in one rep lifting thousands of pounds, of course, but over the course of like a set or a group of uh, sets, like lifting hundreds, if not thousands of uh, thousands of pounds, if not for monsters, tens of thousands of pounds. It's like you have to be in a certain mindset and to fucking smelled some disgusting shit that also like messes with your lungs as well it's so annoying for me even though um even though i know like secondhand smoking isn't a thing but it's just like it's obnoxious apparently apparently uh <laughs> Apparently, Chris Rock just also came out with some shit. He came out with a new comedy special, and apparently it has, like, it has, what is it? I guess it's on Netflix Live, I don't know. But apparently, it's, it, he's, it's, um, the comedy special that Chris Rock is doing is also, is, is talking about the Will Smith slap thing, so, I don't know. See, I'm sorry. I'm trying to do multiple things at one time. Sorry. I'm also trying to see like the fucking results of the John Jones fight. It's just like nobody, nobody has the fucking fight. Nobody has reactions. Everybody just wants to promote their fucking live streams. Ugh, God. Nobody wants to tweet out reactions or just aches or uh, I don't know. Uh, anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I got to do arms tomorrow. And then on Monday, I got to do legs again. And I'm just, I'm just tired. And I'm also tired because it's almost midnight. <clears throat> Let's talk about the combine. So the combine this year, I've watched three days on and off. Not every single minute. Of, uh, of the Combine, because holy fuck. But I have watched enough of it to say that the NFL has lost its fastball. If I can amalgamize the last... It's March now, I guess nine months. August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March. I guess eight months, right? Eight months, not nine months? Eight months, excuse me. If I can summarize the last eight months, I would say it's been below average for the NFL. Uh, the content that's come out of that league that's uh, has been meh. Oh, oh, no, it is a hard below average. There were multiple primetime games that came out this year that were just bad, unwatchable pieces of garbage. I don't really care how much you like or love football. It, it, was, just, it was just bad. Offset by 
for example, the primetime games that are happening in March Madness, in March for the NBA, where Philadelphia just had an awesome game against the Milwaukee Bucks. It's insane. I, I remember in the mid-2010s, early 2010s, journalists, media members were like, the NBA will essentially eclipse the NFL, and that's just because of how much the NBA media likes the NBA versus like how badly the NFL media does not like certain aspects of the NFL. And I didn't see that was the case. I was just like, eh, just because you guys like it doesn't mean that everyone else will. And that kind of held fast. And then for a moment, it looked as if the UFC with its star power, with some of the personalities kind of fighting against each other, like Conor McGregor being a huge personality for that sport, Ronda Rousey as well, John uh, John Jones. And this is like 2012, 13, 14-ish. It looked like the UFC was potentially going to do some big things. And uh, like we're 10 years later and it's kind of just like it's kind of fallen to the wayside for celebrity boxing essentially with Jake Paul and all these other guys. I'm not going to lie to you. I know Deontay Wilder is fighting somebody. I don't know who Deontay Wilder is fighting. I have like no interest in watching that fight. I'm like Deontay Wilder as much as he got beaten by Tyson Fury. Deontay Wilder is... uh, is uh is still like one of the best boxers on the planet and he's 37 years old. Who's he fighting? Who's he fighting? Is he fighting this weekend? Did he fight today? I mean, I'm on Premier Boxing Champions. He fought in October of last year and he won by knockout in round 1. So, look, I love Deontay Wilder. I fucking I'm so sad because uh, about him and Tyson Fury, because I love both of them. I love both those boys. They're really, really awesome. I think both of them, to a large extent, are great people, great personalities, and I think they're fucking awesome fucking fighters. And if I can give a little spiel on Deontay Wilder, I know Tyson Fury is UK's boy. You know, he's, he's their guy, and everybody was, like, shitting on... Deontay Wilder and shit like that, which I felt was a little bit unfair, if I can be honest with you. I felt that it was unfair that essentially Deontay Wilder is going up against essentially one of the top two to three heavyweights of all time. And people are like, I'm watching some of the combine drills and I'm watching this guy in this fucking salmon jumpsuit walking on, I think it's TJ Husmajado or whatever his name is. He's like walking on the field as these guys are doing their fucking exercises. And I think he's like talking to a coach or watching the drills. And it's just like, show some fucking respect for the athletes, please. You know, you see them going through their drills. Don't fucking distract them with your fucking ridiculous outfit by walking on and off the field. Stay on one side. You know, he's just like, let me, let me walk, let me walk on one way. Let me stay on your fucking side. That's ridiculous. He's walking onto the field, not even jogging, by the way. He's fucking walking on and off the field as if he fucking owns the place. It's like, bro, it's not about you. You had your day in the fucking sun. Let let the dogs eat. Let the players play, man. Damn. That irked me. God damn. Sorry. Back to Deontay Wilder and how awesome he is. <clears throat> Again, right? 
A lot of people wanted to shit on him. Oh, he lost to Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury is one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. I think Deontay Wilder is as well. And the fact that his dominance, like the fact that he just ran into the meat grinder in Tyson Fury is, is not, in my opinion, a blemish on his career. I don't think so. Like, he just ran into literally one of the greatest while being one of the greatest. As evident by, again, checks notes, Deontay Wilder's last fight ended by KO in the first fucking round. So, um, it, it, that's that's all I got to say on that. But, but again, it's like, Deontay Wilder, I, I know Tyson Fury has, has fought some fights as well, but for me, hold on, I'm also looking at this article I'm looking at this article <clears throat> where he's talking about his next fight or whatever. I, I apologize. But Tyson Fury has fought some fights. Deontay Wilder has fought fights. I have not been interested in either one of them not fighting each other because I'm like, at some point, they're going to have to get together again and fight again. And I just, I just don't know when that will be. Isn't Tyson like, Tyson is a couple of years older than Deontay, so... Or is Deontay older than Tyson? Let me look. Tyson. Oh, yeah. Deontay's older than Tyson. So Tyson Fury is 34. I thought Tyson Fury was, like, getting up there in age. Um, but, yeah, like, they're both, they're both, to me, the best, two of the best fighters on the planet. And I just don't even think it's close. I think we're living in just an awesome era for heavyweight fucking slugfest fights um, with Tyson and Deontay, but they're just, to me, the sport boxing is just so bad when it comes to marketing its fighters and also marketing it to individuals who actually want to watch their fucking fights. I never get any advertisements for this shit, nor do I actually want to watch the fights if they're locked behind a $50 paywall. Why would I watch your shit for 50 fucking dollars. Like, immediately, the $50 is completely worthless five seconds after the fight. Like, I've never seen something, I've never seen an asset depreciate in value as fast as a boxing or MMA event because all of the highlights are posted everywhere. Everyone has the highlights. Everyone's trying to get it out as fast as humanly possible, which is why I'm like trying to. It's why I'm hovering around Twitter to see the results of, of, uh, of John Bones versus whoever he's going up against. Because I'm just like, yeah, like I know for a fact that the highlights of the fight are just straight up going to be posted on Twitter. I'm just waiting for them to 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 come down the pipeline, so that way I can fucking um, let me just go on the UFC's Twitter account, so that way I can just. See the highlights. <clears throat> but yeah, like, I know for a fact, I know for a fact that um that all the highlights are just going to be posted on fucking Twitter, which is why I'm like hovering around. And it's just, it's so annoying that straight up these companies and these organizations are like, we're going to charge you 30, 40, $50 for a fight. And I'm like, I'm not here to watch the undercard. I'm not even here to watch the main event. I'm here, or not, what is it called? The main card, excuse me. I'm not here to watch the main card either. I'm just here to watch the fucking main event. And that is whoever is headlining the fight. That's who I'm here to fucking watch. 
and not any of these other fights, with all respect. I'm here to watch the two fights that have the most fucking impact on the sport. The two-to-one fights. And so I'm just... I'm very annoyed. I'm like, bro, I don't want to spend 50 fucking dollars watching shit that I don't want to watch or spending $50 for like, what is it? I don't know how long the the rounds are, but not for a lot of content. Anyways, I'm watching the combine and they're talking about Bryce Young. Give me like two seconds. Hold on, they're... They're talking about something. Hold on. Stacy Dells is giving me the lowdown about Bryce Young. Bryce Young, by the way, is being uh, shown on the big boy screens, right? And so he knows that now, like, they got him on camera and they're showing him throughout the stadium. So he's giving them a quick flash, a smile, and a wink here. As Stacey Dells is giving me, I don't, I don't know. Hold on. Alright, so she's just giving me, like, the plain, unfortunately, vanilla, no interesting content or information. I apologize. That's, an, that's another problem. It's like, I, I go on, I talk about, or I talked about early on in the podcast that I was like, look, the NFL isn't giving me any interesting content, right? And so, let me break down the combine if you haven't been watching it. I even though I've been watching it like I've been I've been watching some of it. Even though I've been watching some of it and not every single player every single second like I did 3 years ago I think. Even though that was the case 3 years ago that's that's not the case now. I have watched in passing a lot of the combine and it's just not as good as it once was. It really isn't. I mean it's it's just not as good. First and foremost the 40s man. I don't know who's timing the 40s, but they're off. They really are. There's guys that are running like four fours and ridiculous stuff and getting ridiculous times. And I'm watching the times and I'm like, bro, these guys are running four threes and ridiculous times. Like I actually paused guys like Zay Flowers, who I'm like, this guy runs a four three. He has four. He has track speed. He's running a four three. Jordan Addison ran like a four five today, which I think is bullshit. I'm like, I don't, I didn't see, I didn't like time it with him, but I'm like, there's no way Jordan Addison runs a four five. There's just no way. And every single time I watched specific guys and I like went back and I watched it frame by frame. I was like, oh my God, they're milliseconds off. They're like tenths of a second off. And I'm like, how the fuck do we not have timing guys down by now? We should have this shit done very, very, this should, this is one of the easiest fucking things on the fucking planet timing people we have gps trackers in the footballs in the player uniform so that way we know how fast they run when they're on the field and we can't fucking figure out fucking times it's a fucking joke honestly it's ridiculous 
some of the shit that I watched today when it came to player times. Unbelievable stuff. So stupid how bad some of these, some of the, some of the fucking timing is. You have these fucking nerds with their little bitty fucking uh, stopwatches, like, like these 80 year old guys that are like, I can time the fucking game faster. I can time these fucking players faster than a laser pointer, than, than a laser that actually stops the fucking time as a player runs across. And it's just like, you give up a couple of tenths of a second, which is a lot, by the way, when you're timing people with your dumbass little laser pointer. It's like your reactions are not as good as the, as the fucking laser. And I hate, I hate guys that are like, uh, duh, like I hate bro science guys. Like if I can't speak on the gym and stuff like that, like that, hold on. Jamie Erndale's talking to me about something. I don't know why the NFL network has two sideline reporters at the combine. They really don't even need one. And you want to know the dumb thing about this whole sideline reporter stuff is that they moved probably the best part about the combine the players to NFL plus, which I still don't have. It's like, why the fuck would I get that dumbass fucking streaming service? But they moved NFL plus. They moved all of the players and all of the player reactions to NFL plus. So now I just have two sideline reporters giving me pretty much the same information, which is useless for like five hours. I'm like, why? Like, look, why? would you just have essentially the exact same person doing the same job, which is nothing. They're just like, they're walking around being like asking bad questions. It's like, I can get that on any different, I can get it, I can get that on any given Sunday. What I cannot get is Kurt Warner, Michael Irvin, Steve Smith Sr. talking about the players at the fucking combine. And it's just like, I'm getting Jamie Erndale talking to me about something. What's she talking about? I, I, I just don't understand it. And Rich Eisen and Daniel Jeremiah are probably talking about Bryce Young's height, which it came out to be 5'10". And Todd McShay, Todd McShay said some bullshit. Let me remove some pillows from my chair. Give me two seconds. Hold on. You know, I'm like, there's some blood I think on my chair give me like like is that blood blood there's like blood on my chair I was bleeding profusely from my thumb yesterday Todd McShay said something interesting yesterday or not yesterday but I talked about it <clears throat> I talked about it on the podcast and I was about to retract what I said I, I said and I was quoting Todd McShay and technically I was quoting somebody else quoting Todd McShay and I was going to re I was going to recant that I was going to go back and say that is not true not the quote itself but what Todd McShay had said um, that Bryce Young was uh, like reportedly 510 and 34 so and I was going to go back um, but I kind of forgot about it and thank God I didn't um, because Bryce Young is 5'10 and 1'8. And I had even said on the podcast, I was like, bro, watch him play. He's short. He's obviously short. And I thought that it was so stupid that he had said this. And he had said, Todd McShay had said, if I was an NFL GM, he's undraftable. And I'm like, what? 
because he's short. Like, yeah, yeah he's, he's short. And I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Why are, why are you a fucking commentator? Honestly, why are you a professional at doing this? Why do we have to watch you? Every single motherfucking year, fall asleep at the fucking wheel when it comes to draft evaluation and draft coverage, and I see you just fucking wet the bed consistently talking about a player's height, talking about how a player is X, is X height and X weight, and that completely and utterly disqualifies him from being an NFL uh, an NFL professional football player. I'm just like, oh my God, dude. It was the most ridiculous fucking thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I, I, I think I mentioned the quote, but the quote essentially was essentially that Bryce Young is undraftable because he's 5'10", and I was just like, get the fuck out of here, man. Todd McShay also has Will Levis as his number one quarterback. Hold on. Let me look this up. Is that true? And all of his draft content, for some ridiculous reason, is locked behind a paywall. Ridiculous. It's like, bro, your shit is not that important for it to be locked behind a fucking paywall. Hold on, I'm on Bleacher Report and I'm trying to... I'm trying to see it. Todd McShay, I hate these I hate these guys. Because Todd McShay was quoted saying he wouldn't draft Bryce Young. And then I I think I saw either Daniel Jeremiah or it was Todd I think it was Todd McShay or it was it was Mel Kuyper who fucking put this out and was like, "Der Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are ranked lower than Will Levis." Give me two seconds. Let me find this. By the way, his fucking, his rankings is behind a paywall as well, which I'm not paying for. Why the fuck would I pay $9.99 to read an article when I can get other people quoting your article? It's, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Give me like two seconds to find this. Uh, I probably won't be able to find it, but won't I be able to find it? I mean, I have like, there's like a YouTube video of it on chat sports. And why not? I got some time to burn here. Sorry about that. It's like the intro for chat sports. Let me skip ahead to, uh, here it is. Here's his, uh, here's his big board. And again, this is somebody who is, Talking about his big board. This is not actually Mel Kuyper. Uh, who's number two on this list out of Alabama, the SEC boys. It might not be number one overall picks. Will Anderson. Of course, plays such a big role who's in number two needs and whatnot. But Carter jumps Anderson. I have not finished my profiles on either of those guys. I'm pretty close on Anderson since I assume he's not going to play in the bowl game. But I also want to wait for combine testing, too. I think on most people boards, in some order, those two. Carl- oh, by the way, this is from a couple of months ago, but I think it still holds up, by the way. Anderson will be your top two prospects. Number three, up a spot, 
is Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback, who, um, if we're being honest and objective, didn't play that well uh, this past year. And, by the way, uh, I'll rewind it. I'll let him talk because he's he's hit the nail on the head, and I have a whole spiel about Will Levis as well. I will talk about Will Levis here in a couple of a couple of minutes. He did not play well at all, and I don't fucking get it. I don't understand it at all. But let's listen in. Who um. If we're being honest and objective, didn't play that well uh, this past year. Kentucky, a new scheme, a lot of key losses on offense, new coordinator, I should say. But I don't love Will Levis. I'm, I'm really not that high on him. I don't think he's the best quarterback in this draft. I don't think he has the best tools in this draft. Though he is more developed than the guy with the best tools. We'll get that in a little bit here. But what do you think? Is Will Levis the best QB in this draft? Why for yet? So he's talking to his chat to... Garner interaction. I like Tom Downey. I like him a lot. A um, little bit formulaic and a little bit dry at times, but I, I like Tom Downey. <clears throat> so, Mel Kuyper thinks that Will Levis is the top guy. Why? I have no fucking idea. I have no idea whatsoever i don't understand it i don't understand what people see in him everybody says to me that he has a gigantic arm and i was watching i was watching um rich eisen and daniel jeremiah talk about these guys in the draft and things of that nature and and in some of their deep balls that they were throwing today and look i fell prey to it a couple of years ago with Zach Wilson, I said I'm not making that mistake again. I'm shocked that people are kind of making the exact same mistakes. Look, you don't have to tell me Will Levis has a gigantic arm. By the way, they were impressed with 60-yard bombs downfield. That's not... And in the NFL, we never really get a lot of 60-yard bombs because there really aren't a lot of routes that are 60 yards that are going to have that are going to be 60 yards that are going 60 yards excuse me if any there's like none if any there's like a couple excuse me if any i phrased that wrong there's very very few to really none because nobody's running a 60 if you have to get 60 yards on one play you're in trouble like 40 yards is a lot just to give you an example of how much 60 yards is on any given play, right? Usually, you start out at your own 25, right? Your own 25. So take away about a hundred. Uh, take away 25 yards from 100, right? And you get 75. Throwing the ball 60 yards is about the length of the field that you're using to play football on, right? Because there's 75 yards that you're actually using because you start out at your own 25. You take 25 away from 100. You get 75, 60. Or 75 minus 60 leaves you about 15 yards. You're deep inside enemy territory. You're inside the red zone, right? That's how that works out. And so, when it comes to these 60-yard bombs that they're throwing, A, gooberly unrealistic. Nobody's throwing 60-yard passes downfield. And then B, most if not all NFL quarterbacks can throw 60-yard bombs. 
that's kind of the thing that I think people just don't understand. The arm strength in the NFL and even guys that, even people that guys don't like, like Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott can throw a 60-yard ball. He can. Has he ever done it? Really? No, not really. But he can. He has the arm strength for it. I've seen him throw it in preseason games. But he's never really needed to uncork it 60 yards. And I think he does have some pretty large bombs. But I I don't think I've ever seen him cork it 60 yards down the field because he's never needed to. 40, 50-yard bombs. Yeah, I have seen him do it. But 60? I mean, I don't remember the last time I've seen, for example, Tom Brady uncorking at 60 yards. It has nothing to do with arm strength. It has everything to do with the length of the field and also the play calling. I'm not saying that it's like a good thing that people aren't calling 60-yard routes. takes a long-ass time to develop, by the way, and that's not the way we play football. But still, it's like, it's ridiculous to be so juiced up and so hyped and be like, wow, oh my God. For the analysts and the broadcasters, by the way, to be like, he's throwing a 60-yard bomb. And I'm like, bro, every starting quarterback in the NFL can throw a 60-yard bomb if you give them if you give them the drop back, the set, and the hitch that they need to get it going. They can get it going 60 yards. Every single starting quarterback can get it 60 yards. Like 60 yards is on the low end, right? I would be a little bit more, I would actually ask the question. It's like, can they throw it 70 yards? Like, the only reason why or way that 60 yards would be impressive is if a guy was, like, stationary, didn't take a hitch, didn't um, didn't use any of his additional throwing mechanics or technique, just essentially flung it. Like, Patrick Mahomes threw it 60 yards at his pro day, and that was impressive because he was on his knees when he did it. So he had a shitty base, he had... Very, very little mechanics that were going into that, right? Like, it was he wasn't using his lower body. He wasn't using any additional strength. It was all his arm. And he threw the fucking football 60 yards. That's impressive. But this whole, we're going to take a shot downfield 60 yards, every single starter in the NFL can do that. It's like the biggest lie that's uh, that's been told that starting quarterbacks can't throw 60-yard bombs. It's like, yes, they can. What are we talking about? Anyways, that's one of the things that that annoys me and irks me about that. Goodness gracious. I was talking about the draft, and I just got uh, ridiculously sidelined. I'm just annoyed with some of the stuff that's been going on with the Combine. Just the times are off. And a lot of dudes did not run. A lot of quarterbacks did not run today. Bryce Young didn't run. C.J. Stroud didn't run. Uh, Anthony Richardson ran. I don't know if Will Levis did. Uh, I'm still watching like the combine, by the way. So I'm like, I I just I don't know. But a lot of guys didn't run. Some of the wide receivers ran. And I said it last year when Chris Olave got robbed. He ran a four two forty, and they took it off. And they took it off for some random reason. And I, I remember seeing on Twitter another guy got robbed. And I'm like, if I'm a if I'm a if I'm a guy, if I'm an agent and my client is really on the cusp of being a first rounder, I'm telling them, hey man, do your 40, run the drills, and even not even a, a first rounder, for the most part, if if I'm a client or if I'm an agent, excuse me, of one of these guys that's running around as a wide receiver, I'm like, hey man, look. You can run your 40 and get better times. 
from your school than here because they do some weird shit here. And I said it last year and I'll say it again this year. And I saw dudes that were just getting straight up robbed. Straight up robbed. Zay Flowers, Josh Downs. I'm shocked that Jordan Addison ran a 4-5 when all I see from Jordan Addison and the and the Pac-12 is him just running by guys. I'm like, there's no fucking way he runs a 4-5. And it just seemed off. It seemed like the DBs were faster than the wide receivers. And I'm like, some of the I'm like, I'm expecting Zay Flowers to run like a 4-3. And I'm like, you mean to tell me Zay Flowers that's running away from everybody is running like a 4-4? Even though it was a low 4-4. I'm like, damn. Like what? Like I couldn't fucking believe it. Oh my goodness, it was insane to me. Oh gosh. Also, it's like it's just I, I I just don't I don't get it, man. It, it's the combine is also too long as well. It's five hours. I'm like, it doesn't need to be five hours. Like, let's get some of this shit going here very very quickly. Like, it's five fucking hours, bro. It's five fucking hours. I don't remember it being this long. Three, maybe four hours. Was it three hours at one time? But it's five fucking hours. Holy shit. I mean, they're doing three positions, quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end. And so it's seven hours. It's like I'm, I've been sitting here for how long? For like almost an hour, and I'm like, why the fuck am I not even, it feels like I'm not even through the majority of the guys, and granted, there's a lot of wide receivers, and a lot of tight ends, so it it has to be long, but I just, oh man, I just don't understand why it's so fucking long, and it's like every single day is long, every single one, needlessly, and I'm like, guys, we've got to figure this shit out. This is one of the only ones that is like, this is one of the only things that I watch that is like seven hours long. This is absurd. Oh, and by the way, I, I just wanted to know if Will Levis ran his 40. He did not run 40 because he was going to be slow. What else? Anthony Richardson also ran a fast 40. He ran a faux, faux, faux. Great time. Great time for him. Um, no offense. You didn't need to tell me that he ran fast. I, I saw it when he was playing football. But um, let me talk about Will Levis here. Because Tom Downey, I played you a little bit of a clip of Tom Downey saying, like, Will Levis didn't play that good this year. I don't remember what games I saw of Will Levis. Let me pull up his stats here and his game logs to kind of get a refresher. I remember seeing Will Levis play... In about three games, because I at UK, uh, I don't remember what three games, but I remember watching him play, and I, I saw him, and I was like, I don't fucking get it. You know, when I was taught, when I watched Zach Wilson play for BYU, BYU was like a good team, and it was carried by Zach Wilson, which is why I was like, I, I, which is why, like, if I'm getting giving myself a little bit of slack, which is why I was like, I fucking get it. I get why. Zach Wilson, why I thought that way back then, because Zach Wilson, when you go back and you watch him at BYU, was great. He's great. He was phenomenal. Will Levis, 2,400 yards, 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Played in the same conference as, as, uh, as Bryce Young, right? 
Let me show you Bryce Young's stats. Mel Kuyper thinks Will Levis is better than Bryce Young, by the way. And by the way, you can't even be like, uh, duh, Bryce Young has all those good players. Besides like Jameer Gibbs, that's kind of all Bryce Young had. Bryce Young didn't really have a whole lot of guys at wide receiver and offensive line. As a matter of fact, I would say both were the worst in the last four to five years for Alabama. They were not very good. And really, five to six years. Because even then, it was like last year outside of Jamison Williams and, and um, Mechie, they really didn't have a whole lot of guys at wide receiver. They had Evan Neal as well, but their offensive line what it, uh, wasn't what it was last year, excuse me, in 2021 and in 2022. And it was worse, way worse in 2022 as well. So Bryce had to deal with a lot. And he was great. And his numbers did, by the way, drop off. He went from 47 touchdowns, and again, because he didn't have Jameson Williams, he went from 47 touchdowns to 32. Okay, that's a huge drop off. That's 15 touchdowns. Granted, he still had 32 touchdowns, but you can see it's just like, oh crap, he doesn't have any wide receivers. He went from 3,300 yards to 48, or excuse me, from 4,800 yards to 33. Again, that's because he didn't have Jamison Williams and another awesome wide receiver. His yards per attempt pretty much stayed the same at 8.8. But again, he just doesn't have the fucking weapons that he had at Alabama. This is the guy that everybody is like, oh, and by the way, 32 touchdowns, five interceptions. This is the guy that people think Will Levis is better than. Keep in mind, Will Levis, 2,400 yards, 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, all those statistics, I wouldn't even give a second thought to. People are like, he's better than Bryce Young. That's insane to me. He's underdeveloped as a quarterback. And I don't know who is more underdeveloped. I think Anthony Richardson has more upside because he's just an Adonis. He's just ridiculously athletic. But I remember these games. I remember. I'm, I'm looking at his game logs now. I remember the fucking Tennessee game. Where they got fucking obliterated. 44 to 6. And I remember watching it. And I was like. I think I turned it off in like the first half. After the first half or after the first quarter. I cannot remember. I think it was after the first half. I was like. This is the guy people think is better than Bryce Young. The Vanderbilt game, the Georgia game. I was like, he may have a shot against Georgia because he played like pretty well, but he didn't do fuck all for for the majority of the game. It was close. It was 16 to six. He could have won that game if he played better, but he didn't. He played average against Georgia on Georgia's off day, and he could have fucking beaten Georgia. I was shocked. He played like shit against Vanderbilt. It's so weird. It's like, He went 11 of 23 for 109 yards, 47% completion percentage against Vanderbilt, gets sacked four times, gets sacked once against Georgia, 20 of 31, 206, one touchdown, one interception. It's like, bro, you play better? You fucking win that game. I'm not the type of guy that's like, no, you need to perform against the top teams in college football. I'm not one of those guys. I think that's absurd and ridiculous, especially when... Teams aren't putting out the same fucking guys. I think that's ridiculous. 
But I think it's also ridiculous to look at Will Levis play and be like, he's better than Bryce Young. I'm like, based off of what metric? Because he's taller than him? I guess by that metric, sure, he's better than him. He's better than him because he's taller than them. Sure. If you want to go there. But if you actually want to be objective and watch Bryce Young actually play the sport of football, he is significantly, unequivocally better than Bryce Young, or excuse me, than um than Will Levis, and it's not even fucking close. It's like night and day. And in some ways, it annoys the shit out of me because everyone is like, uh, der, uh, der, uh, uh, tall and uh, arm strength, and that's it. That's all they have to say. Uh, der, he's taller than Bryce Young, and he has uh, a big arm. And I'm like, Zach Wilson is taller than Bryce Young and has a big arm, and he's a bust. Straight up. Straight up. It's just, it annoys the shit out of me. It really does what people value in these guys. Um, they don't value leadership at all, intangibles. I don't know if Will Levis has those intangibles. I know Bryce Young has those intangibles to be an NFL guy. I know for a fact he does. I don't know if Will Levis does. I know Bryce Young fucking battled and played his fucking guts out against Tennessee. If we're going to be one of those guys that's like a, uh, how did you play against the top players? I'm like, Bryce Young almost beat Tennessee, uh, beat Tennessee by himself, by the way, with no help from the defense who gave up 50 points without a single turnover, which is a fucking joke. Never seen a team from Alabama defensively get so much help and play like shit for multiple games. against. Uh, let me pull up Bryce Young's games here. Let me show you something. This is, like, Bryce Young probably should have been the Heisman this year again. Who won it? Who won it this year? Dude, I forgot who won the Heisman. Who won the Heisman this year? I'm trying to remember. It was a quarterback, right? It was Caleb. Caleb Caleb won it. Caleb, Caleb deserved it. Sorry about that. I was, my computer, I completely forgot to charge it, and the battery just died. <clears throat> Anyways, back to what I was talking about, and I was talking about how Bryce Young had had two really, really good performances, and the LSU performance wasn't very good, very good at all. And it depends, but it it's like he had a no, he it wasn't very good comparatively to like what he usually does. It was it's his outlier of a performance, but even then, it's like he put up thirty two points or thirty one points against LSU. It's LSU. It's like come on, it's LSU. How do you lose to LSU defensively? They had nobody. But again, Bryce is awesome. I'm shocked at the consistent just, it seems, it, it happens every single year, and I have to fight off people that are talking about quarterbacks every single year. I had to, I had to do it with Joe a couple of years ago. I had to do it with Kenny Pickett last year. Um, I had to do it with Justin Herbert a couple of years ago as well, where I was like, I don't understand why people think that Jordan Love is a better quarterback than Justin Herbert. It's just, it's shocking to me. It's ridiculous. And now it's Bryce Young and Will Levis where Bryce Young is just obviously better than Will Levis. And I just, ah, God. 
Oh, God, I, I just don't understand it. I'm so annoyed with um with the whole process of the draft, I, with the combine. Maybe not with the draft. I'm not annoyed with the process of the draft. Speaking of process of the draft, I didn't watch any players today, Um, unfortunately. Didn't watch any. Did Valentenko just win? Oh, no. Valentina. Did I say Valentenko? No. Valentina Se uh, Shevchenko. Valentina Shevchenko is like one of the most dominant fighters I've ever seen in my entire life. And she just lost tonight against the challenger who's a Mexican fighter, Alexa Grasso. So interesting. Jesus Christ. I'm watching one shot that Valentinko. Why can I not say I know her name? Valentina Shevchenko. I mean, she just took a fucking shot to the jaw, man. They got it in like slow motion. It's fucking terrible. Oh my God. I love Valentina Shevchenko. She, for like, I'm not going to lie to you. Valentina Shevchenko made like her division tough to watch because essentially you knew that it was just an ass whooping. Every single, every single motherfucking fight. It was just going to be a uberly dominant performance by her every single fucking fight. And unfortunately she fucking lost tonight. So that sucks. Unfortunately, but eh. He's one of the best fucking fighters I've ever seen in my uh in my entire life. It sucks, but eh, it happens. That's what I got. Combine sucked. The NFL was off this year. It was off all year. The additional games, the playoffs were fine. Uh, they didn't redeem the regular season and how many bad primetime games there were. An incredible amount of bad primetime games. I mean, every single, usually it's only just Thursday night football that has bad primetime games, but it was Sunday night football. It was Monday night football. It was also Thursday night football. And, a, and it wasn't one bad primetime game for every single big primetime block. In a season, I can withstand one, but there were like a couple per primetime slot Monday night, Sunday night, Thursday night. There were a couple of bad games, and it was like every other week or something like that, or every week for like three months. That I, essentially you could turn on a primetime game and be like, oh crap, this is bad. And so I'm a bit shocked, I really am. At how bad the primetime selection was. And I'm just also shocked at the NFL trying to get Jerry Jones pushing 18 games. Which is insane. The NFL owners need to fight him like fuck on that. Because I think we're starting to get to the point where, yes, the fandom is still there. Yes, the sport is still there. But I don't know if the sport is growing as much as it once was. And look, nobody from my generation likes the NFL. In the, con in the concept of, like, how they do and go about their business. Nobody wants to fucking watch three hours or one and a half hours of football and then, an and then another hour and a half of ads. Like, nobody wants to fucking do that. I don't want to do that. Nobody from my generation wants to do that. The problem is, is that they also are kind of, like, losing people that I feel like they should get as well. Losing viewership. 
just naturally. And I just saw Jaden Reed run a 40 and it just, the time's off. It, it fucking pisses me off. It's like, who's running the stopwatch? Because I'm watching Jaden Reed run and he crosses the line and the clock, I just saw it with Rasheed Rice. It's like he crosses the line and it's like the clock still runs as he's like five yards from the fucking finish line. It's like, I just saw it with Tyler Scott. It's like these guys are losing fucking time. It's like all these guys should be running four fours, four threes, and the clock still runs. And I'm like, you got to correct so many guys as times because after they run through the, through the fucking laser thing, the clock should stop and it doesn't. And I'm just like, they're losing fucking time. They're losing like a whole millisecond, which means that they're like a 10th off. They're like, not a whole millisecond, but like they're a 10th off. It should be that they're running four fours, four threes, not four fours and four fives. Ridiculous. It drives me insane because I'm watching it. I'm watching guys get screwed over in real time. It's insane to me. Anyways. What was I talking about? Combine sucks. Um, NFL. I, I just, I don't, I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know how they're going to change it. I'm, I don't know how they're going to fucking, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to fix this. I was talking about how my generation doesn't like, it's not growing with the sport. It's like, bro, we have so much content that we can consume other than the NFL. And I'm just, I'm shocked that the NFL would rather, would rather be stand pat, would rather stand pat and essentially do nothing than proactively try to engage people that want to watch the sport. I want to watch the sport. I love the sport. I love the, um, I love, I love the sport, but I'm just shocked at the lackadaisical nature and the NFL being like full steam ahead. And I'm like, bro, you have a seven hour combine with wide receivers, quarterbacks, and tight ends. And it was kind of unbearable to watch as much as I like running as much as I like watching dudes run 40s, it's like when the timing is off with 40s, I just, I cannot, I can't watch it. I can't watch it. I'm like, guys, I cannot actively watch dudes get screwed out of their times. And that's the problem where I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. And some guys that I'm like, oh, that guy should not run that fast. That some, um, like, I remember I saw Jordan Poyer or Jay, the, the corner from Penn State. I saw him run and I'm like, that's not his 40. That's not his 40. Who adjusted his 40? That's not his 40. He doesn't run that fast. I saw him run, and I was like, he doesn't run that fast at all. Where are you getting his times? Where are you getting these numbers from? These aren't his numbers. I saw that happen, and I was like, this is ridiculous. And so I'm just so annoyed with the overall, just the process being kind of made to be a joke, where dudes are just, it's just, it's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Anyways, anything else I got? Combine sucked a little bit. What did I learn today? I watched, by the way, I didn't watch anyone today. I did watch Devin Witherspoon in the corner from Penn State. We will talk about both those guys on Tuesday. And I will 
have enough players to, I think I have 15, 16 players. Where's my iPad? It's on my bed. I don't feel like getting it. I have like 15, 16, 20 players. Somewhere around there, I'm trying to watch like 100 plus players. So I'm already a fifth of the way there. And we're only a couple of days into evaluation. I was like, I'm watching sometimes four players per day, which is a lot. And I mean, I'm cutting through a lot of these, uh, these players and I'm, I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling really good. We're getting there. I should hopefully be done with the majority of my evaluation here in like two, three weeks, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know how many pro days I'm going to watch this year either. It's just, um, I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens with, uh, with their pro days, but I, I don't know. But um, Combine wasn't as rough, to be honest with you. And, um, I mean, it's just kind of, unfortunately, the the nature that the NFL has kind of been going through where it's just like there's been a lot of stuff that's been rough. Not just the Combine, but the regular season primetime games. I'm trying to think of, like, some teams that were disappointing. I mean, there were some things that were uh, that were disappointing. I would say, and I guess there were some um, some things. I guess I don't know. It's it's hard to describe. They were disappointing. There were some teams. I guess Green Bay was disappointing. Tom Brady had a terrible year, probably his worst ever. And it was exactly what I thought. It was apparently the off-field stuff with his family, the him divorcing his long-term wife of uh of I think 10 plus years which is sad to see I remember jackasses were like there's only one Tom Brady but Giselle Bunchkin gets made what when a girl turns when girls turn 21 and I was just like oh my god Jesus Christ what a shallow way of thinking about things what a pathetic way to be like I can replace my wife with just a 21 year old girl I can replace the mother of my children. It's why I, I sometimes don't like... You know what? It's why, to be honest with you, can I say something a little bit based and hard? It's why a lot of people get divorced. Because they just don't understand how to be a good partner. And what to value in a partner. And they're just like, uh, yeah, you can replace your wife, the mother of your children, with a 21-year-old girl. And I'm like, okay, bro. This is coming from somebody who's like still in my 20s, too. I'm technically, yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I mean, I'm not 30 yet, but I'm still in my 20s. And it's just like, how do I understand this? And most people don't, like insane to me. But, um, God, man, hopefully Tom Brady is, uh, gets better. Um, hopefully he has a lovely retirement. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. Maybe, um, I just kind of wish maybe he retired sooner, um, for his own sake, I guess. What else happened? The Raiders were bad. The whole AFC West last year was bad. Outside of, obviously, the Chiefs that won the Super Bowl. The NFC East was great. The NFC East and the storylines coming out of the NFC East really almost saved the, saved the league and saved the NFC. Um, maybe you could also argue the 49ers did. But can you imagine last year, like, take out the, it, like, if the NFC sucked and, yeah, if the NFC sucked, I think last year would have been way harder, way fucking harder. Because the NFC was fucking taking body shots for years. And then they come out swinging last year. 
And there were so many narratives. Dallas was back. Dallas was winning a lot of games. Dallas had a great team. Even though they lost in the division round, they still had an awesome fucking team. The Eagles went to the Super Bowl. The Giants went to the playoffs. In my opinion, they upset the overrated Vikings. Uh, Washington was Washington. They completely whiffed at the end of the season. Joke, Ron Rivera should have been fired. But the NFC had some really, really great narratives. Can you imagine, like, the NFC, not the NFC, the NFC East, excuse me. The NFC, can you imagine, right, if the NFC East just wasn't filled with so many great, like, narratives and football teams and stuff like that? Can you imagine how bad the NFC as a conference would have been? NFC North was filled with just dysfunction and overrated football teams. NFC South was just bad. There were no winning teams, I don't think, in that division outside of Tampa Bay. And even Tampa Bay was like, it was, I, I think, they were like, yeah, I think Tampa Bay was like, what, 9-8? and eight? Or 8-9? Eight and nine. I can't remember what it was. And then the other teams were 7-10 and 10 or something like that. They were all bad. But, I mean, they were closer to Tampa Bay than a lot of teams, I guess. I mean, they were closer, a, a lot of the teams, I guess, were closer to 500 than other teams. But still, it was just like... I felt like one of those three teams, the Saints, the Falcons, and the Panthers, could have taken the division away from Tampa Bay at multiple times in the year, and they just didn't fucking do it, you know? And I was so annoyed because I was like, I felt, maybe not maybe not because I was annoyed that Tampa Bay went to the playoffs, but I was annoyed that one of these three teams could have had a home playoff game in a year in which they shouldn't, and they just couldn't handle their fucking business, and they just... They completely and utterly fell apart, and I'm like, that's not good for Atlanta long-term because that was probably the weakest Tampa Bay or that division has been in years. Same thing goes with the Saints as well with Dennis Allen because it's like, bro, you should have won that fucking division, and the Saints have been a disaster since Sean Payton retired and then unretired and is now with the Broncos. The NFL is just... And by the way, if I can talk about spring football for a couple minutes, I think I talked about it on my comeback podcast, I I think the I think spring football is terrible. I wasn't sure how I felt about it a couple of years ago when the XFL had first came out with their first couple of games. I'm sure now it's terrible. It's terrible. And the reason why it's terrible is straight up it's B team or not even B team. It's like the G League for the uh for the NBA or the minors for baseball. You and me do not watch the G League or the minors. I don't watch either one. I don't watch Formula 2 for that much, for that matter. I don't watch Formula 3. Are they good racing events? Sure. But are they Formula 1? No. Is the G League the NBA? No. It's an affiliate of the NBA, just like Formula 2 and Formula 3 are affiliates of the of Formula 1. But are they Formula 1? No. G League isn't the NBA. The minors isn't the majors. The XFL and the USFL are not the NFL. As I just saw Jaden Reed get hosed once again out of a 4-3. He almost ran a 4-6. His times are so off. He runs a 4-5 and then he almost runs a 4-6. He ran a 4-5-8 on a second run and I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I... Just fucking disgusting watching these guys get fucking screwed. This is another thing that I saw today that I was just like, it, it, I am watching dudes get fucked on national television. 
I'm watching their 40s just get fucked. I'm watching their times. I can't, and it's just like, it's an easy fix. Why are we not going off of the lasers? There's lasers on the field that tell when a player has crossed a specific point in the field. We have GPS. We have all this shit. We can't fucking tell time. We can't fucking tell time. We cannot fucking tell time as a fucking league. Ugh, what a fucking disaster. What a disgrace. Let me save what I was going to talk about the Spring League. I, I was going to talk about potentially the the player, the NFL player complaints about certain teams as well. I'll talk about it. I think some teams are just a fucking disgrace. They're a disgrace to the sport. The Cardinals and what they've done where the Cardinals, if you haven't read some of the reports that have come out, essentially the Cardinals and certain teams have had shitty conditions, work conditions for their players. The Cardinals are known for being a particularly cheap football team where in one case with one player a couple of years ago or a decade plus ago, I cannot remember which one it was, they had actually mailed the player his contract bonus, the bonuses that he got when he signed his contract. And they actually essentially deducted the FedEx delivery from the bonus that he got, which is insanity. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? It's why I hate some of these guys that run these these uh, these teams. They run it like a business, you know? They run it like they're trying to get every single fucking last time. And it's just like, that's why you've been uncompetitive for the majority of your fucking career, dude. That's why the Arizona Cardinals as an organization are just a dumpster fire. Let me show you something. I don't remember exactly what it was. It was either they've only won like 10 games, 10 times in like 100 years or something ridiculous like that. It's been it's it was like a very very low n- amount of games that they actually had. And this is from Phoenix, Arizona to St. Louis to and and not Arizona obviously, St. Louis, Missouri and Chicago. This is like from 1920 to 2023 and this is like their first 10 win season and this is like it's a little bit off because this is in 1948, so they only had 12 games. But I mean, I'll fucking hell, I'll count. I'll count when they were the Chicago Cardinals in 1925. So from 1925 all the way to last year, I'll tell you how many 10 win games, how many 10 win seasons they fucking had. They had one, and I'll count them all: one, two, three, four, five. All those from 1974 to the three. Games. I'll, I'll go back. I'll tell you which years. 1925, 1948, almost 20 years later, over 20 years later, 1974, 75, 76. We're, so we're at five once again. So from 1976 all the way till 2009, they did not have a 10 win season. 2009 was their sixth 10 win season. And this was. The Bruce Arian days with with um with Arizona, they tacked on three more ten win seasons, and then they just recently had another ten win season. And ten these are like ten, eleven, um, thirteen win seasons. I'm not doing it exactly. It's just ten wins or more. They they had three from 2013, 14, 15, and then. One in 2021. I don't think they have 
I hold on, let me count. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight. They have 10 winning seasons in 103 years. There's 17 games in a regular season. How the fuck do you win almost half of your games? I mean, 10 wins is like 60% of your wins. But it's like, so again, some teams have a history of losing. The Arizona Cardinals have a history of losing. They're fucking losers. Apparently, their dumbass fucking weight room has an uneven surface, has an uneven floor. And it's like, do you realize how dangerous that is to have an uneven floor in your weight room? Do you realize how fucking amateur hour that is? How unprofessional that is? Do you? I wouldn't pay for my gym to have an uneven floor in my gym. I wouldn't pay for my gym subscription. It's like, why do you guys have an uneven floor? This is not high school. This is professionals. Teams are like, why don't we win? You know, you know what irks me about the NFL? There's not a pressure to win. There's no pressure to win. I remember Mike Florio a couple of days ago, and he was right on this. He said when Jeff Bezos was analyzing whether or not it was a good idea to by Washington, he was just like, I just don't understand what he's doing. It's a, these these things they increase in value all the time, and I agree with him. And teams just don't feel a fucking heat, a fucking pressure to win. In a couple of hours, I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna watch Formula One, and I'm gonna watch these teams, these drivers feel pressured to win. They all talk about winning. They all talk about the pressure to, of winning, to push to the top. To compete. You know, you always hear these football coaches, these owners, these GMs talk about winning, 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 winning. It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. I heard Jerry Jones. I didn't hear it. I saw it because I couldn't stand this moron fucking talk about salary cap and the sport. I heard Jerry Jones say, well, Dak Prescott is making a shit ton of money. And so I can't pay pay um to give him some help. Motherfucker. He's not gotten paid for almost a full decade. You're the only motherfucker in the NFL to not use a rookie salary, a cheap contract to your fucking benefit. And I had to hear Jerry Jones spiel that fucking lie at the combine yesterday. And I was like, like nobody, and people checked them on it. Thank God. Because it's like, you dumb motherfucker are the reason why the Cowboys haven't won in 20 something years. Because of this bullshit. Because you don't feel the fucking heat. You're not putting on the fucking heat. You're not. Every single motherfucking year, great free agents are available. They want to take pay cuts to play for the Cowboys. There's now incentive to play for the Cowboys. The Cowboys are one of the best fucking teams on the fucking, in the fucking league. Last year, they could have gotten Vaughn Miller if they wanted to pay him. They didn't. Dak Prescott was getting paid fuck all last year. Where was getting Vaughn Miller? Instead, they go on, they get James Washington, and he's an absolute train wreck for them. Wide receiver out of Pittsburgh. Terrible, terrible, terrible signing. After they traded Amari Cooper, they traded away Amari Cooper, and they couldn't fucking sign any free agents. They lost Randy Gregory. And Dallas won the exact same amount of games. 
And it's like now you have all pro, pro bowler, a year older, Bobby fucking Wagner, who should have been a cowboy last year. Should have been a cowboy. They better not sign Leighton Vandress. That's a mistake. Bobby Wagner was once again an all pro. Let me show you Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner is a is a top three player at his position. Sue me. I don't give a shit. I don't care. Bobby Wagner with the Rams, because nobody cared about the Rams and nobody paid attention to the Rams. Bobby Wagner had one of his best seasons of his career last year. Six sacks, which I think is a career high. It is. Two interceptions, which is one away from his career high in 2012 when he was a rookie. 140 total tackles, 59 assists. 59! He's 32. 32 years old. And I'm like, what? Cowboy, why aren't you making a phone call for Bobby Wagner? Why didn't you do it last year? It's insane. And I got Jerry Wayne Jones fucking going on fucking going to anyone with a fucking microphone talking about how how he can't pay players because Dak Prescott takes up the majority of the salary cap and I'm like hey dingus you could have signed him when he wasn't when his contract didn't run out like two years ago and you had to tag him twice like a fucking dipshit to give him a contract and then on top of that you also I don't know had him as a fourth-round draft pick for four fucking years, and you didn't go out and get any free agents. <coughs> it's insane. It's insane. And it's like, he doesn't want to fucking win. He wants to win his way. He doesn't want to pay any money. He doesn't want to do things. He doesn't want to just straight-up win. He wants to win his way. And that's why he's always lost, because his way is not a winning way. Oh, gosh, it's so annoying to watch the Cowboys. It's so annoying to just not it's not annoying to watch the Cowboys. It's annoying to watch teams that do not give a fuck about just straight up winning. Just straight up. They got to do it their way. You know what? <clears throat> Today, I was running my four miles and it was hard. It was tough. It was my first day back and I had to walk a lot of those miles. I had to walk. I'm not even going to front. Not even going to lie. I had to walk. But I thought to myself, and I was a little bit annoyed that I was having to walk because I, I'm not at full strength. I'm not at full speed. I'm not at my fucking killer, you know, um, uh, level. But when I was um, when I was walking these miles, I was like, look, man. It's not going to be perfect, but God damn it. Like, why, why should it be? You know, I was just planning on doing, I wasn't planning on doing three or excuse me, four miles. I was planning on doing just three. This is my first day fucking back. Who cares how I finish? Just finish. Just fucking finish. Who cares if I finish, you know, in 30 minutes or 40 minutes or whatever, just fucking finish. Finish the race. Finish. Who cares how you win? Just win. Everybody's concerned with looking good and doing it in style. Just win. Add some fucking trophies to your fucking case. Win some goddamn games. And stop doing whatever you've been doing for the last hundred years in some cases. Finish. Finish the race. 
Jesus Christ. I don't say that just because of Formula One and things of that nature. I say that metaphorically and literally. Finish. Doesn't matter how it gets done. It, it, it just it matters that it gets done. Oh my god. It's so fucking annoying to watch teams just not fucking finish. And do this bullshit every single goddamn year. And then be like, why am I, why, why are we losing? It's just like, because it's, it's your motherfucking fault that you want to win your way. And your way fucking sucks. I, I'm not going to lie to you. Today, I, I, put, I put the treadmill on running an eight-minute mile. I can't run an eight-minute mile for an hour. I can't. I've never been able to do that. I had to tone it down. I had to run 0.1 of a mile for, for, for however long it was at an eight-minute pace. And then I turned it down for two minutes, and then I walked for two minutes. That's all I could do. Sustainably. I finished. And I did my four fucking miles. Did I do it in style? No. Was I struggling? Hell yeah. Was I dehydrated at the end? Did I get a good workout? Absolutely. Finish the fucking race. I'm tired of this bullshit. Oh, God. I'm tired of this bullshit from certain teams. I'm tired of it. Anyways. I'm, uh, I'm going to peace out for tonight. Say drink some water. Peacing out for tonight. I'm gonna see you tomorrow. No, I will not see you. No, technically I will. I'll see you on Monday. It's early Sunday morning, so I will technically see you tomorrow. Well, you know what I mean. I'm gonna watch Bahrain. I'm very excited. I've waited for this racing day. It's gonna be so interesting. Max Verstappen, Red Bull, kind of got pushed a little bit in qualifying. Mercedes wasn't as terrible as they kind of let on for parts of qualifying, and then they went back and they they did something weird. They only ran one lap in qualifying rather than two in the final bits of it, so I was just like, I, I just don't understand that. But we'll see what happens tomorrow with Bahrain. I'll talk about it on Monday. We'll talk about the draft and some of the players on Tuesday, and we'll take off Wednesday. But after today... 24's podcast is back to its regularly scheduled programming. I'll see you Monday. 24's podcast.